Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free gift for you on how to scale your agency to multiple six and even seven figures and beyond by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself from the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. Again, that's 720-792-8036. Just text the word freedom and I'll send you the free gift on how to achieve freedom in your agency and life. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we are jamming with Rich Brooks. He's the founder and president of Flight New Media, a digital agency in Portland, Maine that's been in business for nearly 25 years. He founded the Agents of Change, an annual conference and weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and marketing. He's also the author of The Lead Machine, The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing, a popular and well-received book. He's also been a regular tech guru on evening news shows, NBC affiliates, Huffington Post, Fast Company, CNN, and a bunch of other places that uh, we all know, like, and trust. Rich, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. And actually, so when I wrote that bio, it's already out of date because this week we turned 25 years old. So Flight New Media is officially 25 now. 25 years. The agency is 25 years old. It's like... The agency is 25 it's years like old. Gotten, it's been almost uh, half my life. It's gotten a, a bachelor's degree. It's graduated high school, right? It's, it's like maybe you got a master's. The whole thing. <laughs> exactly. That's impressive, man. It's not every day that I uh, we get to talk with an agency owner that's been doing this for 25 years. Uh, it, it's always interesting to ask agency owners like, what's the like the the highs and the lows, right? Of of, oh, yeah. of that period of time. And I always feel like when somebody's had an agency for like five years, it's like, oh, cool. It's like this happened, this happened, but like 25 years. That's a that's a serious tenure. Oh yeah. You know, and and I had a business coach last year who basically almost didn't renew with me because she said, you don't celebrate enough. And I'm like, mm. that's just my personality. But even I have to admit, like 25 years is definitely bucking the odds because you can do really well for a while, but to go 25 years and somehow stay afloat the entire time is, uh, and this is not a testament to me. This is a testament to having the right people in the right places and having good clients and and a little bit of luck. So and working hard. Yeah. Well, I think staying afloat is, I mean, that's obviously important, right? <laughs> to stay profitable and, and liquid, but also to stay, I mean, as an owner, like stay interested. I mean, I think yeah. I see a lot of agency owners start to get the like the seven-year itch where they're like, oh, maybe I should build like a product or maybe I should go like coaching or do, you know, whatever. Like they always have something new that they want to try. What's been something that's helped you stay stay focused and keep keep the business the main thing? Well, I can't say that I haven't had that itch over all the years (laughs) that I've been doing this. But one of the big things that we actually did end up doing is that Agents of Change conference. Um, Mm. And before that, I had actually started a side project uh, with a couple of friends called Social Media FTW, which was an annual conference for three years before the band broke up. And in the ashes of that rose the Agents of Change conference 
I wanted to talk about more than just social media. And I wanted to have a conference that was like Blog World or South by Southwest, but have it up here in Maine. Because I'd go to these Mm -hmm. events, these national events, and I'd be like one of three people, if that, from Maine. So I'm like, why don't I just grab all these people who are already here, bring them to Maine, and we'll throw this event together. So that was kind of another entrepreneurial journey I did, even though very closely aligned with, uh, with what we do here at Flight. Yeah. So paint me a picture of flight uh, as it is today, 25 years in the making. What's kind of the general kind of team makeup size? Who's kind of a typical client? Yeah. So there's uh, 10 of us right now, which is as big as we've ever been. And we have a creative director. We've got a director of operations who used to be my project manager. We just hired her an assistant so she can truly move into that director of operations role. Uh, And the two of them are already creating better systems for us. And I've got a couple of developers. I've got marketers that handle SEO, local SEO, paid search, social ads. We do a little bit of organic social, but we tend to do more strategy around letting people do their own social and a lot of content creation as well. And then for me, these days, I do almost no client-facing work whatsoever. So I'm usually just the guy who does the meet and greet. I have a bunch of really big ideas that other people have to implement. And I just enjoy it. Like I love meeting with people and hearing about their businesses, no matter how big or small. Just last Friday, I had two sales calls and one was with this global company that was looking to release this brand new product that they had never done before and they wanted help with their ads. And then I talked to this mom and son team that are building decks in Southern Maine. And they're just like, hey, can you also help us, you know, give some advice on our business too? So it's like just and back to back meetings. So I love that sort of stuff. Just brainstorming with people on how they grow their business. Yeah, that's really cool. And I guess that's partially how I've stayed interested for 25 years is my job has evolved. I get rid of the things that I'm less interested in or that are holding my company back. And so it continues to be a new adventure all the time. Yeah. How how do you what's you mentioned kind of getting rid of stuff that's not holding your attention or it's not, you know, energizing you, what's, what's kind of your method for that? Is it just like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to like either get rid of it or delegate it. Or do you have a, do you have a more rigorous, uh, methodical approach to that? I don't have a rigorous or methodical approach to almost anything in my life, but I will (laughs) say that usually I'm the one who gets really excited about something new. Like for right now, we haven't done much with chatbots and suddenly we have three chatbots we're building. And I've been the one for like two years being like, we should be building chatbots for our clients. A lot of them could benefit from it. So usually I'll be the one that kind of does that initial work, create the templates, create the idea. And then once we have a working idea of what it's going to look like, then I hand it off to my creative director. I hand it off to my marketers. So for me, it's like, I love experimenting and I want to know enough so that I can explain it to people, whether it's a sales call or whether I'm up on stage. But then ultimately, I want to give it to people who are excited about actually doing the work. And I don't get excited about doing the work anymore. So for mm. me, it's, is this going to be something that can be repetitive or you know requires a certain amount of detail? Those aren't my strengths. So that, that was a big shift in the last few years is really trying to raise up my team to take on more uh, responsibility, to have more autonomy. And that's been really the success over the last three years for us is growing that younger group of people on our team to take on more responsibility. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. 
It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. So the business has a 25-year history. Has anybody on the, has any do you have any team members who have been on on the the journey for the whole time or what's the average kind of tenure? No, I'm the only I was a, yeah, I was the first I was the only person when I started for several years, but I do my creative director joined me. Uh he's been here for over 20 years. So he's been here almost wow. the whole time. And then I have um, a couple of the other people are right around 20 years, like I think 19 and 21 years. And then there's a big gap. And then it's like seven. And then we actually hired a lot of people during COVID, which was interesting uh, for us because we'd always been in-person, in-house. And then so to interview people and never meet them and have them you know, basically show up in a rabbit suit, picking up equipment from the office so they could work from home was interesting. And I remember the first time we were getting together in person, we, you know, we were doing an outside sailing trip and uh, I'm like, I wonder how tall these people are. Like, I have absolutely no idea. I've only ever <laughs> seen them sitting down. What does the back of their head look like? Like, I just, these were all things that I needed to see them in real life to find out. But yeah. What are some, uh, what have been some, some lows over 25 years? I mean, what have been some, some moments or maybe just some, some big lessons, expensive lessons that you've had to learn uh, over that time period? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I didn't know anything about running a business for the longest time. And really it was just hustle and refusing to give up was what kept us alive for several years. And I remember when we finally moved out of my house and into, I got space in the old port in Portland, Maine. There was probably two months where every time uh, my bookkeeper would cut me a check, I just put it in my drawer because I knew that if I paid myself, we'd go out of business. Like I remember those days and just like, I really hope we get this next job. I remember getting a job on a Friday afternoon and getting a $3,000 down payment and being so relieved because I knew I could pay people one more week. And I didn't tell them this at the time. (laughs) Um, I had no idea. Like I just never took a business course. The the closest I ever took came to taking a business course was in college, I had a typing service because I was really fast typist. So I would do that for beer money. So I would like put ads up, you know, flyers and stuff like that. I'd make money. I'd make enough money for beer and, and food and stuff like that. And so I would type the business majors papers. This was back when everybody did everything longhand. It was right sure. around the time computers started. So all them. But anyway, so yeah, that was that was kind of my introduction to it all. So that's about as far as I got in business was Typing other people's papers. Typing the papers on business. So you would... Right. You would, would like just internalize... Through, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're like, so, I'm really yeah. just... I'm just... I'm, I'm doing a business of, for typing and then you're actually right. reading I'm entrepreneurial, papers. but there is material in here that's also teaching me about, you know, product, place, performance, all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. What, what was like a... What was a gap for you that you closed that ended up helping a lot in terms of the business side. Cause that's always an interest of me. Cause we meet, I mean, a lot of my story is, you know, I, I was really good at web design and development and similar to you, right. It's like, I, I kept learning like more and more about like the tech stuff and 
more and more about what I could, you know, how to build more stuff. But it was almost like my income and the tech knowledge had like an inverse relationship. Like the more I learned about building more cool tools and shiny objects, right, the less money I made. And then I, I kind of started shifting more to like business education. And it seemed like that was a missing piece for me. So like in that, in that umbrella of business lessons, like what's something that really helped you? I would say working with outside people was probably the best. And so it was probably around year five to seven that I hired my first business coach. And so that was helpful. It got me a little bit further along. Um, Years later, I ended up hiring a different business coach. And then um, I also started getting mentored by some people in the industry, helping me kind of organize what my company would look like. I've never been good at the numbers. Like it's an embarrassment how I can't understand even the simplest spreadsheet when it comes to numbers. I've gotten a lot better in the last few years, but we ended up hiring a company that prepares everything. And I'm like, spoon feed it to me, explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. But getting that in place has helped me make much better decisions. And I also started an agency mastermind with a few other agency owners who we don't compete with each other. And so we get together over Zoom calls every two weeks and we are just like open books. You know, uh, we talk about our wins, we talk about our goals, we talk about, you know, what problems we're having, what softwares we're using, what we're running into, how we're packaging different things, what's working, what's not. And that has been also instrumental. So, and that didn't cost me anything. That just time out of my day and I give as much as I get in those. But the mentorships, the professional coaching, and the agency ownership gave me that education that I didn't get in school because I thought I was going to be an English professor. <laughs> English professor to agency owner. Uh, so, so you, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm curious about the book because you've got a, you've got a book. You've obviously, obviously done a lot on the PR and media front, the lead machine. So, how has that? Like, was that, was the intent there to get authority within the industry of agency owners and marketers, or was really the intent there was to drive leads into the agency? Yeah, that's a great question, Brent. So it had a number of different reasons. One is I had spoken every other year at Social Media Marketing World, which is a big event out in San Diego. And after I, you know, in the years I didn't speak, they would make me a track leader, which is like... 10 times the responsibility and none of the reward. Uh, so I asked Mike Stelzner and I'm like, can you explain to me like why, you know, I, I think I've got my own conference. Like, why am I not speaking every year? And he's like, well, first of all, not everybody gets to speak every year. But secondly, every here's like the criteria we use. And one of the criteria was you wrote a book. Mm. So I was like, I got to write a book. Like, And so I partnered with a woman who I actually interviewed on my show, Julianne Easton. She's a book coach. So we basically had a couple of brainstorming sessions. It was going to be an entire like course. But after two, we decided like, I just needed a point in the right direction. And that was great. But she helped me write the book, organize the book in terms of like, we came up with this whole thing about build, attract, retain, and evaluate the bare essentials of digital marketing, which I had had roughly in my head, but never got onto paper. And once I had to write it, everything else started to fall together. And I was able to get more speaking gigs, but also it was never going to be a New York Times bestseller. It was though, when somebody would come into my office and they were talking to me and three other agencies, I'd hand them a copy of my book. And it's like, we literally wrote the book 
on digital marketing. And that sometimes was all we needed. And, um, you know, I get a call from Canada. We ended up getting $30,000 worth of business from a client who found me on Amazon, never heard of me otherwise. And we just the other day signed a deal for what looks to be something between forty dollars and $60,000 worth of work in the first year. And again, guy never heard of me, went to Amazon, and this is not a best-selling book anymore, found the book, loved my writing and said, we need to work together. And that was it. I didn't even have to convince him. So the book has will never pay for itself in terms of actual book <laughs> sales, but in terms of the business that it's brought in, it's it's a no-brainer. And I, I plan on writing another one, if not this year, then into 2023. And any ballpark idea of how many hours you spent on uh, on writing and publishing? Yeah, I actually wrote a hundred percent. I actually wrote a blog post on it. I want to say it was sixty hours of writing, and then it was like maybe uh, another ten to twelve of editing. I love to write, anyways. I've been blogging for years, uh, although I only used one blog, repurposed one blog for the entire book. I just sat down from eight to nine every single weekday morning and wrote for an hour before I went to. Um, before I went to work. And that was it. And I cranked it out. And I've talked to a lot of my friends who are currently writing books or just finished. And they're like, this is the worst thing I'll ever do. I've never done. And like, <laughs> I loved it. Like for me, it was a joy. Nobody else wants to hear that because I know sure. that a lot of people, it's, it's a burden. But for me, it was like, it was just getting all these ideas out of my head and then having to make it clear and understandable for the people that I was trying to reach. And yeah. do it in a very approachable way because- you know, my old shtick used to be, I'm the guy who can take ones and zeros and turn them into language that people understand. And so people would come to me, they wouldn't really understand what they wanted, but I could help them understand what the technologies could do for them. Was there anything that you did in particular that helped you make the book strategy more effective in terms of getting more clients, right? I mean, maybe you mentioned speaking and handing it out, you know, to, to random clients that kind of come in, but you know, what was kind of your launch plan for that for any of our audience that are thinking, hey, maybe it, maybe a book is part of my launch plan. I mean, it sounds like a big marketing investment, whether it's 70 hours of time right. for the actual, you know, rough copy or whatever. But what's what's a couple of things that you did that made it really work well? Nothing. I, I, I really <laughs> botched the launch. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just yeah. saying we could have done so much better. We should have had an anticipation campaign. We should have been doing all these things. And we didn't really. Next time I do it for my next book, I'm going to hire somebody who can help coordinate this. And this is a big lesson that I've learned over the years. Delegate almost everything you possibly can. So um, I will hire a book coach. I have a couple or a launch coach. I do have a couple people I've already spoken to. But I think that's a big thing. One thing that did it won't work for everybody, but we have an annual conference. And in the past, often our keynote would ask us to buy 400 books and give them out to our audience. So this time, I just printed up 400 copies of the book and just gave them out to every attendee too. So everybody had that as well. Um, and we did some optimization in Amazon because it was one of these... You could only get it on Amazon or this one bookstore in Portland, Maine. Like it just, it was that kind of book, right? But um, by optimizing a little bit in, in Amazon, that helped us reach a wider audience. A lot of people thought it was the lead machine, which was really a disappointment as opposed to the lead machine. So they may not have looked it up, but next time I would probably even tweak it a little more and give it a name that would even hit more of the keywords that I wanted to tackle. Yeah. So with the, uh, I mean, obviously you, you, wrote, you wrote the book on lead generation, right? On, on building a lead machine. 
Uh, how have you applied that to your agency in terms of how you get clients? I mean, obviously, we just talked about like the book is a potential funnel, but like what's been what's worked well for you? I mean, I assume 25 years, there's some referral word of mouth momentum that's just probably bigger than the average agency. Yes. But um, are, is there anything that you're doing outside of referral word of mouth that's working well for you that you, you know, leverage from the book? It's a great question, and I wouldn't say that I leveraged it for the book because from the book because the book was for people who really didn't know how to generate leads online, and that's something we had done successfully. But as I'm sure you know, most agencies have a pretty good sense of how to generate leads, and so they're very active on social media. They're optimizing their own websites. They're doing paid search. And the funny thing is, is at a recent agency mastermind, I said, you know, we have yet to get one lead through paid search since we started this campaign. You know, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we gave up on paid search years ago. It never gets us any business whatsoever. But for our clients, it's doing amazing. And I think this is the important lesson is there are things that will work for in certain industries that will not work in others. And we started tracking like where all of our clients came from, big and small. And when we did this, the number one driver of traffic was public speaking. Mm. And it surprised me. I mean, I love to speak and we've got the conference. The conference is also a great generator of business too, uh, because people come to the conference. They're not necessarily aligned with Flight New Media, but they know that I own Flight. They see me up on stage next to these big names in, in marketing. And suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, we got a guy right here in town who can do this. And I know from talking to people, hey, how'd you hear of us? Well, I went to the agents to change back in 2016. I'm finally ready for some paid search or I'm finally ready for a new website. So we know that that worked too. And even jobs that we got uh, that weren't directly related to that, sometimes it was because they got our name from somebody who had seen me speak. So right now, there wasn't much we could do during COVID, but right now, more members of my team are getting out there and doing presentations. And that, and I think it's just because it's kind of a blue ocean strategy. There's not, there, there are less people doing that than throwing more money at Facebook ads. Yeah. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. So, I mean, hosting a conference, I don't want to get into what it takes to do that because I don't want anybody leaving today going like, right? going like, oh, I'm going to go host a conference because Brett and Rich said it was great for business, right? Like, yeah. I, I'd, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, the amount of energy that it takes to, to put on an event, even though I'm sure you know, ROI for us has always been great. But it's definitely a, a roller coaster that's of interest to you. I, you know, it's, there's a um, high barrier to entry in the <laughs> local conference scene. I can tell yeah. you that. But um, getting on stage, let's let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, you mentioned that having a book helped you with some authority in there. Uh, any yeah. any kind of tactics that have helped you um, speak on more stages? Some of it was because um, even before Agents of Change, I would just put on my own local events. These days, everybody's doing a lunch and learn on Instagram or this, that, and the other thing. Like, honestly, like before COVID, every day there was an event at the chamber. So it was a little bit too competitive. But before that, I would put on a, a topic around blogs or SEO. And this was the only thing in town. So people were coming to see me. 
Sometimes I was speaking for different organizations. And in fact, part of my to-do list this week is to reach out to a lot of these organizations that are now hungry again for live speakers, Chamber of Commerce, uh, SCORE uh, chapters. Uh, we've got a strong um, small business development centers here in Maine. So those are great organizations for me to get in front of. Um, also, I, my girlfriend who works kind of as my assistant, she often does a lot of the booking for me and she's now getting me into doing other speaking gigs, but I'm always most interested in doing speaking gigs for like associations. So, you know, right before um, the end of the year, I was able to speak to the New England Innkeeper Resort and Innkeepers Association. So groups like that, where you're the only person talking about marketing or digital marketing, those are great audiences because these are owners, they're high up in the decision-making and they're there to learn. So those are really great opportunities for getting new business. And then I just, over the years, because I used to say, social media marketing world, I go there to be seen and to find future guests for my podcast. I'm never going to get business out of those people. And then like three years ago, I decided to try something new. And I got, I kid you not, over 500 business cards from one speaking gig. And out of that, we got like 20 strong leads. And I think we got four or five jobs out of that. And basically what it was is I was just on stage and I said, you know, um, please, at the end of this, I've got some additional material. Give me your business card. But if you want a free consult while we're still here in San Diego, I've got about room for about 10 people. Just put a smiley face on the back of your card and I'll reach out to you. And my girlfriend who was there collected all the cards, pulled out all the smiley faces and we sat down We and I just had back-to-back meetings for 30 minutes apart, uh, 30 minutes apiece. And we ended up getting... Between fifty and hundred thousand dollars worth of business just from those sessions. So you can really turn these into opportunities. And once you get a client, if you're doing both design and marketing, then you can start to really build that relationship over the year. And some of our favorite clients have been with us for more than half of our existence. Rich, it always blows me away when I see people speak or leverage stages and they don't, and I'm not saying have like a hardcore sales pitch at the end, but just right, I a, don't clear, like that. a clear next step, right? Like, you know, and I love the giving value. Hey, I got some other stuff. And if you give me your business card, I'll send you an email. And oh, by the way, if you want me to, you know, if you want to, you know, pick my brain about, you know, marketing or whatever, you know, draw a smiley face while we're hanging out at this event, right? I mean, just that's a nice soft CTA that like gets people from the audience into some type of a, of a conversation with you, whether it yeah. goes into direct business or just a straight up like networking connect. I mean, I've, I love seeing those types of things. I was going to ask you, what, what are you doing to get from, from stage to, to lead? But uh, that's uh, I think that kind of covers that. So this has been awesome, man. I love, I love hearing about your success. I love hearing about the 25 year, the ups, the downs, the, uh, the, the strengths that you've been able to lean into and some of the stuff that you I've become very aware that you are not into doing and getting rid of those things. That's so I think that's a cycle that we should all be looking at every year, if not, you know, quarterly of what are those things that are pulling energy away. And it sounds like you've you've had a good, a good run at doing that. Yeah, you definitely do not want to be a bottleneck in your own company. And that's what I discovered. That's another sign that it's time to let something go. And learning to delegate and learning that I don't have to do everything has been huge in terms of the growth of my company and the profitability of my company. Because when you're a 
one person shop in your mind, even if you've got 10 people working for you, you become the bottleneck for everything. And it's interesting now because I'm at this stage in my life and my career where I'm training people to train the next generation too. So it's really interesting to see them run into the same things that I did, where now I'm talking to my managers and being like, that is no longer your job. Your job is to delegate that work and to give it to somebody else and to make sure they do it well. That's your job now. And it's it's mm. kind of fun. Like when I first started, it was about writing code, you know, and in BB edit. And then it was about SEO and then it was about <laughs> social media. And, and now it's about leadership and vision and and really training people up. And that part of my job and trying to create like the best agency I can on all levels. Like that's the thing that's going to keep me really engaged for the next five to 10 years. And then we'll see. Well, Rich, I love, I love the message. I love the story. I, I think, you know, whether it's five or 10 years or more, uh, I'm sure you're going to have a great time with flight and, and deliver great work for your clients. Do you have a few minutes to stick with us for our lightning round? Of course. What is the best advice you've ever received? Now, do you mean this is the best life advice or the best business advice I've ever received? You know, Rich, I'm going to let you interpret it. Whatever, whatever you think our listeners would get the most yeah, from. <laughs> it's a Rorschach test. Okay. All right. Luck favors the prepared. It's kind of the best advice. And I know that Edna said it in uh, the movie Incredibles. I believe it was actually Marie Curie who said a version of it in French much before that. But I do believe that. I do believe that... We have an opportunity for great, amazing things to happen to us every day, but only if we've already put in the work can we take advantage of those opportunities. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I don't want to say a fear of losing, but it's pretty close to that. Like I just refuse to lose. And I remember during the recession many years ago, uh, afterwards, one of my employees told me, it's like, I was kind of sure we were going to go out of business. I was watching all these other companies close. And I'm like, oh my God, that never even entered my mind. Like we were going to make it no matter what I had to do to make sure that this company survived because I just couldn't take the embarrassment of not you know, winning. And so that drives me and causes me to work extra or come up with new approaches and find new clients, whatever it is, makes me get creative. So I guess it's just that it's this absolute desire to not lose and to win and to take care of the people around me while I'm doing it. Can you share an internet resource, a tool, or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? I don't know which of your listeners are already using this, but I use Snagit daily. There's plenty of other tools out there to capture um, screen grabs and, and video from the web uh, to be able to either create blog posts, content, or just to be able to show your clients how to log into your project management software. But I find that really showing people through that is one of the best tools and speeds up communication and get things done a lot faster. For me, it's Snagit. And what book would you recommend besides your own and why? You know, a couple of years ago, I was about to read the book Traction, which is part of the EOS system. And somebody said, you should probably start with Rocket Fuel. And it was, it was one of the biggest things that changed my business for the better. So I'm going to recommend Rocket Fuel by Mark Winters and Gino Wickman. And the whole idea here is every great business has a visionary and an integrator. And although I hate the term visionary for myself, the description of somebody who's got a million great ideas, wants to get on stage, but can't get anything done him, him or herself, definitely fit me to a T. And my project manager at the time, who had already said, I want more responsibility in the company, 
was so organized. And the other part of the puzzle is the integrator, the person who doesn't want to be on stage, doesn't want to be the center of attention, but creates amazing systems and helps you get things done. And all great companies have those two people in place. And ever since I really raised Lindsay up and let her basically run the day-to-day of the company, we've been so much more successful and everybody's doing what they do best. Rocket fuel. Awesome. I love I love the why behind that. Well, we will make sure to link out to Rocket Fuel and Traction on our show notes over yougurus.com forward slash podcast. I know we've recommended Traction many, many times on this show and our big fans. So we'll link out to Traction, but we'll also link out to Rocket Fuel that goes through that relationship between an integrator and a visionary and also how to find that integrator if you are a visionary and how to make that a reality for your business. So appreciate that recommendation, Rich. So listeners, if you're out there on a run or on the road driving around, you don't have a pen and paper today, just go to yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll have all those links, takeaways. We'll also link out to Snagit. We'll link out to uh, Rich's book. And Rich, for our audience, how can they find out more about you? Is there anything else that you have for them to check out? Well, if if they like podcasts, and I'm guessing they do, uh, they can check out the Agents of Change podcast where I interview digital marketing experts week in and week out. Uh, and if you ever just want to connect with me because you like talking agency stuff, I am the Rich Brooks on every social media platform out there. Awesome. We will also link out to your podcast, Agents of Change, and all your social profiles. So if you want to become internet stalkers in the good way of Mr. Rich Brooks, check out yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If this is week of, you'll see Rich's picture up there at the top. Click on him and you'll have all that stuff organized in one night, nice, neat place. And uh, hopefully all of our listeners go and do that because I think you've got an amazing message and great podcast and a great book and a great social media presence. So thanks for being on the show today, Rich. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want this free gift all about how to scale to six and seven figures and beyond in your agency, just text the word FREEDOM to 720-792-8036. That's the word freedom to 720-792-8036. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.